Hi everyone, it's Helen Joy Butler here, Home Energy Alchemist, Sanctuary Creator and Elemental Space Clearer and welcome to this episode of Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality. I'm really excited today to bring the beautiful Tracy Ann Greenhow to you in this gorgeous Sanctuary chat. So let me tell you a little bit about Tracy before we dive in. So Tracy Ann is a qualified life coach trained in NLP and has been coaching people to manifest the life of their dreams for over 15 years. Having thought she would always be the single one and become a cat lady, and she doesn't even like cats, she wanted to change her destiny. Using her now five-step formula, Tracy Ann managed to manifest her now husband, Daniel, in just eight weeks. We've got to dive more in with that. That's pretty cool. She now has husband, Daniel, two sons and multiple successful businesses. Tracy Ann has now made it her life purpose to teach others how they can also totally transform their own lives and some of them even beat her eight-week record. Welcome, Tracy Ann. It's amazing to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I'm, I'm really excited to chat with you today. We have to dive straight in with the Daniel thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> tell, tell us. Tell us, how did that happen? How did you all of a sudden go from, you know, I don't know, perhaps this lady who didn't have a partner to manifesting the guy in eight weeks? Yeah, I, do you know, there's something that I've realised in more recent years and about myself, and it seems to be, there's always lumps and bumps to get there, but I always get there. Um, but with Daniel... I, I'd always been single, like, I, you know, there'd been guys that I'd sort of been friends with and, you know, but nothing where it was like, this is, this is love, this is what I want. And so I was living in London and everything kind of went wrong. And I was like, right, I'm going to move back to my hometown, which is in Plymouth, which is in the southwest coast of England. And I was like, right, I need to move back because I need to kind of get my shit together, basically. And I went to this friend's birthday party. This was in the October of 2009. And Daniel was there and we met. And I was like, okay, you know, brilliant. Off I went back to Plymouth. Nine months in Plymouth, kind of getting myself ready to move back to London because that's where I wanted to be. And um, I was like, right, when I go back, that's it. I'm doing the work and I'm getting a boyfriend because I feel like that's the next thing for me. I want to express who I am, you know, through being able to love somebody else because it's just a, an expression of myself. And I'd always said to people, when I meet the, the guy, that will be the guy forever. I sort of still believe that, like I'm happy to be with him, but my thinking has evolved a bit and actually, who knows what's around the corner? Um, anyway, so I, I started doing what is now, I didn't realise it then, but it's now my five-step process. So I moved to London on the 8th of August, 2010. And on the 10th of October, 2010, at the same friend's birthday, there was Daniel, like a little mirage. He kind of just appeared on the dance floor. And I was like, oh, I know you. And then we got talking and because I had done all this work and I was very clear on what I wanted, 
I remember sitting and chatting to him and he said something along the lines of he worked in events at the time and he also was a sailing instructor to little kids. And I was just like, oh my God, this is him. This is him. This is, this is the dude. This is the one I'm marrying. I'm marrying this guy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, play it cool. And then, you know, friends are asking me about it and I'm like, well, you know, we don't, I don't know yet. Like, I don't know where it's going. I was very coy about the whole thing. Um, and here we are sort of 10 years on with two kids and a house and businesses coming out of our ears. And yeah, as they say, the rest is history. Amazing. Did he feel that your process, like, did you talk to him about your process, obviously sometime after or whatever to say yeah. I manifested you? Yeah, a little bit after. And it's really interesting because I still question him now because I'm like, I want to go a bit deeper. You know how women do. We just want to go like deeper. Right. So what happened? And I'm like, can you like tell me about your day that day? I just want to know, like, what were you thinking? Where were you at? And he said, well, no. He said, like, the only thing that happened is before we went to the um, to the bar where we were all meeting, he was with a few other friends and... Um, the, one of the guys said some they were where were they I think they were in like a fish and chip shop or something and one of the guys said uh do you want a do you want a pickled onion and he was like no you know I, I you never know what might happen and I was like are you kidding I sat and did a five step step process worked on myself released all my demons did all this stuff and you just forewent a pickled onion are you kidding so we also, we always joke like, I wonder what would happen if you'd eaten the pickled onion? To be fair, he said my standards are so low that actually I probably would have still kissed him anyway. <laughs> Cheeky thing. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I just, and I just thought that's classic, isn't it? You know, there are some people that, you know, we work on things and then sometimes the other person actually, they're not doing half the amount of work. So Yeah, so let's talk about that, right? Mm. In your work, so let's talk a little bit more about that, firstly. Yeah. Tell, tell us the work you actually do in the world. And then let's see, do you have clients who come to you who then want to go really deep and do the dive or are they just ready to get in and make the change and happen quickly? Oh, it's such a mix. It is, it is such a mix. And actually, I've got a client at the moment who, and you might have experienced this, where they're they're still at the surface there's so much underneath they need to do and and I'm kind of you know with I've, I've got this five-step process which is an online program called find that match but then with that I do coaching sort of one-to-one -one. and it's a great blend because they go and do the work and then come to me and we facilitate talking about it and you know it's I think it's it's about being able to especially for women men as well but but women mainly I find they just want somebody to hold space for them you will have heard this term you do this you know we hold space for people to just be like you're valid everything that you're feeling and thinking is valid now let's kind of tidy it up and put it in an order that helps you work better it's not about kind of shutting down feelings or um thinking that you're wrong or shaming yourself it's about honoring really deeply who you are and you know the first part of my process is clearing out all the negative stuff and 
I, I actually kind of got this from uh, a book called uh, Write It Down and Make It Happen. And it was a game changer for me because what was happening was around me, all of my friends were getting into these beautiful relationships. And my identity was, I'm an incredible friend, right? If you've got something going on, I am there. I'm like, you know, this holding space thing I've been doing since I walked out the womb. Um, and so it, it knocked my identity, which is why it was so painful, which is why I think these five steps were born because I, I wanted to help people in that kind of pain where they couldn't, felt they couldn't get a relationship or whatever the, the situation might be. And so a, a lot of it was, I was feeling jealous towards people and it was affecting my friendships. You know, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that it was making me become an ugly version of myself and it was a beautiful experience to consider myself ugly in that sort of dynamic, but also to just sit and do the work and actually just write down, I'm a terrible friend because I'm jealous of my friends. And just clearing that, I was like, oh, what a weight. It was like somebody had just taken away all that, the burden of trying to hide this ugliness. And I was able to just release it to a piece of paper essentially um and yeah that for me was very freeing and kind of helped me get my head in the game and then I could do the work on right what do I want where do I want this what, what do I want to feel how do I want this relationship to manifest into my life and you know what's the sort of the best situation you know yeah yeah it sounds like because I think that this is something that I see a lot as well, is this concept of fear is a little bit like a, a lid on a pot that's boiling on our stove. Yeah, And it's like we, and I say we very broadly, because yeah. look, it could just be me, but I don't think it is. If when we, when we, we we're, there's fear and we don't want to take that lid off in case, you know, it, the, it all splashes out and we get hurt or injured or maybe it won't. Maybe we'll take the lid off and it's just this little simmering going underneath and it's actually easier to clear. Yeah. But it's it's the fear of the unknown of what underneath that, right? And it's trying to clear that. Yep. That's what I'm kind of hearing from you. Absolutely. But it's also, I think, you know, sort of what, 15-ish years ago, we went through the era of The, the Secret by Rhonda Byrne fabulous I'm not gonna knock it but I think it left people with this um well it did me and maybe it's something to do with my age then you know I was a lot younger less evolved but it left me with this kind of um focus on the positive focus on the positive don't think anything negative because you'll manifest the negative and it is sort of true to a degree but what happens is like you say that kind of pressure pot I view it as a bit of like a ugly dragon that comes out and basically stuff that you don't deal with will be affecting you. It will be rearing its ugly head at those most inopportune moments. And if it's not cleared, you find that actually you're taking baggage and, and unresolved issue into the next relationship. And I see this with clients, you know, they, they, they may have had deep trauma in their past, and what they want to do is they want to sort of talk about it in their new relationship so that they can be heard. And 
I'm like, well, you are not your trauma. Your trauma is affecting you and you need it to be heard and you need it to be held. And that's kind of where, you know, people like you and I come in because, you know, I've, I'm lucky. I was raised in a really nice way, but I had a few mental health issues. And um, I think that had I have not gone through this process, I probably would have gone into the relationship going, you know, I, I suffered really badly with depression and, you know, kind of apologizing for who I am. It's like, I want to be honest. I want to be upfront. I want you to know who I am. And it's like, well, actually, who are you? Who I'm not depression. I'm not somebody that is, you know, um, has uh, mental illness. My, everybody has, you know, issues with their mental health at times, I think, and, and everyone to varying degrees. Um, so I'm not saying, you know, if you have a lifelong mental health condition that you can't bring that into the relationship. I think it's just these things do not define you. And so you want to let yourself shine through and then that person can choose to accept whether they accept you and everything that comes with you rather than presenting everything that comes with you and letting you kind of hide. I hope that makes sense. Like I went off yeah. there. <laughs> you followed the dragon's tail. I was like, yeah, I where did. am I going? But that was beautiful. I, I know that on my own journey, I mean, I'm a Scorpio. What are Scorpios well known for? Going deep, right? Deep. Yep. And for me, a lot of the journey of the, you know, the stripping away, the facing the fears, the stepping out, you know, even stepping out as an energy worker was, you know, oh my gosh, how am I going to manage that? Um, so there was a lot that needed to be worked through, but a lot of that I either did solo, I did on retreat with other people who were having we, we didn't go necessarily to heal those wounds, but we went to do spiritual work, which in turn helped heal those wounds. Yeah. Um, or, you know, obviously there were also other professionals involved as well, you know, whether that was a counsellor or kinesiologist or other practitioners who I saw. And I think that when we think about this dark or this shadow, a really great thing to do is to think about how our world operates and when I say that I mean the sun comes up the sun goes down and we have darkness and I don't know about you but I actually really like the night there's these beautiful stars there's this gorgeous moon it has such a different nurturing cozy feeling to the brightness of the day and I think it's when we bring the this darkness into our day and not the brightness into the night that we can end up with kind of this dichotomy of you know what's going on for me like am I rocking in a corner because I really need some help and I'm talking about myself here um, or is this just a process that I need to work through to clear the gunk um, and it's not often fun right um in my experience no <laughs> fun is not necessarily the first thing that comes to mind and I think we've been well as humans we are designed to avoid pain we just are and so of course we're gonna avoid emotional pain I think where people like you and I come in is to help that pain be 
put in a perspective to sort of turn things on their head so that actually you it's realizations that might be quite painful but actually you go oh that's not really useful to me now i i know what to do with that i can i can really um you know get my teeth into this realization that i've had about when i was a kid or an ex-partner or or something i want to do with my life that i'm not letting myself live up to and yeah i think i think that when I mean, they call us light workers for a reason and i think it their darkness out of the darkness so that the darkness then is just it is just that it's just dark it's not scary and foreboding and this thing that we want to run from and avoid you know um it's it's interesting actually because my my eldest son is five and a half and going to bed and being alone upstairs is is terrifying for him like he's terrified and so i we we sit in the i sit in my bedroom next door to his um and i make him feel secure and safe because i think that especially little boys i think uh girls too but but i have boys and um i think it's so important that you know he feels valid in the fact that he's afraid you know he's afraid that we have wolves in our loft that's kind of where his imagination's going and i'm like this is fascinating like it's it's for me it's beautiful to watch because i know he's safe but for him it's real and so it's um it's the same with clients like it is about honoring them and you know sort of going I can understand why that would be scary because I can, if I believe there were wolves in my loft, I can understand why that would be scary. And so, you know, we do all the necessary things, but I think giving people love and, and honoring them for who they are, doesn't matter where they are or what they think or feel, I think helps to build this foundation and level of security that um, they might not already have. So for kids, it, especially in the imprinting years, that's easy. If I can do that now, that's going to give him such a great base. But if you haven't had that, well, what, what do you do then? Well, you just, you start to build your base for yourself and um, get the support that you need. You know, you don't have to do it alone if you don't want to. You can, there are lots of, you know, this process I did alone initially um, had there been someone out there like me and I was aware of it, I'd absolutely have gone, oh, yes, I'll take some help with that. And then I probably would have done the whole thing in about two weeks rather than eight, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, there's always high achievers, right, who just want to, you know, get in and get it done. Yeah. Um, you mentioned at the beginning about um, some people are beating my eight week record. And one of those people <laughs> was my sister. <laughs> The sibling rivalry. She's seven years younger than me and she beat me. I think oh God, I try to forget what the actual number was, but we're, we're like half less than half the time. Um, and she's got this lovely, they're now engaged, which is great. Um, but yeah, it, she, she was one of the ones that beat me. So uh, yeah, I mean, it isn't all about the timing. It really isn't. Um, it, it is about, and I think when people dive into my course, I think they, they understand that yes I did it in eight weeks yes some people do it quicker um but actually some people need a bit longer and that's perfectly okay this is not something that you want to rush because 
um, the byproduct of what I do is, is manifesting true love. But actually, what I actually do is help you to fall in love with yourself. Yeah, perfect. Now that is yeah. the mm. old segue into what is actually self-love? I think that you're the expert on this. This is your thing. But I know it's uh, it's often, uh, I won't say it's a concern, but that's not the right word. It's often something that comes up with people, whether they're actually using the word self-love when they talk to me or whether it's just a vibration they're you know, giving off or other words that they're using is really showing that they actually don't, I don't want to say they don't love themselves. I think, you know, the soul always loves the body and the person. Mm -hmm. It's just that there's this, I don't know, earthly thing that says, if I love myself, then perhaps I'm selfish or, you know, I don't know what it is. Can you talk to that? Like, have you got a specific definition that you use? What's, what's going on for you in that field or that area? I think that this is probably self-love is actually one of the most colorful it's not black and white it's really broad it's different for absolutely everybody and I think you know I come from quite a a basis of self-love but to have self-love you also have to hate yourself a little bit because it's the light and the dark and they need you need the polarity the trick in self-love is to know when hate is coming out to play. Quite often, we know when self-love comes out to play because it it feels um, it feels for some people it can feel really luxurious and a bit like oh I shouldn't be doing that. This is you know you mentioned the word selfish. It's like and mothers can be really terrible for this. Um, well, no, I, I, it, it's everybody else first, then me. And so self-love, I think, changes for everybody. Um, and there will be moments in, in your life where sometimes actually you'll be doing things that where you don't love yourself very much because you might be overeating, for example. Um, you might be drinking too much alcohol. You might be going to bed at the wrong times. I've, th- this, actually, this Christmas, I've, experienced a complete switch in my sleep patterns I'm normally like an early bird get up early go to bed early and more recently I think because we're in this lockdown situation we're homeschooling everything it feels very pressurized I I, it's really interesting that some of my self-hatred is coming out to play and I'm fortunate, whereas because I'm, I, I do the work often, I go, oh, goody, I get to learn something about myself. And, you know, I, I get to unpick things and I'm, I can very quickly nip those things in the bud. But self-love really is different for everybody. And it isn't just bubble baths and chocolate. Sometimes it's dragging your ass out in the rain and going for a run because that gets your mind clear or doing yoga when you don't really want to do it or you know, um, cleaning up something that, you know, cleaning the bathroom when actually you just want to Netflix and chill. Like, but it's also Netflix and chill when you really need it. It's it's about, and I think especially for women, um, when your hormones are doing this, you are facilitating your hormones. Um, because I just think, you know, 
I, 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 I suffer a bit with my hormones where like, I'm, I got, you know, that classic PMS. Um, and it's difficult for people around me, but I've learned to go, okay, I can shout and go, damn, I need, I need four days in the shed. <laughs> Genuinely. I'm just like, I need to just go to the shed. Like I have to be, it's, this room is it's a nice shed um and yeah just giving myself that time and being able to go I've got to drop my kids for a moment so that I can recharge and then I come back out and I'm like I'm the cool mum again that I really want to be you know I do know totally yeah I was the same and I've got a teenager now but when and I still do it today but it was good modeling for him when he was much younger it's like mum needs some time out or mum needs this breakaway yep. you know whether yep. it's a two-day trip off you know somewhere on my own as well I think it's vitally important I think it's also vitally important for other women to see you modeling that um because yep. I'm sure you've shared that over you know whether it's your clients or over dinner or coffee with friends it's like oh, I did yep. this and they're probably oh my gosh you, you can do that and then it's like how do you do that and sharing that is so important yes it really it it so is. And actually, I'm, I'm fortunate that I have a group of friends. Um, one particular group of friends is just a group of mums. Um, and we are so candid. We're so straight talking. Um, you know, we're able to be really honest and talk about the ugly bits of being a mum. And in that is all about how, you know, our hormones affect us and they do I think we some people are just some women I've got I've got other friends that where hormones don't seem to affect them they seem to be on this even keel and their life's you know going really well and actually they're they're quite light-hearted people they 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 don't they almost are not here to do the work they're here to just do that that their life and it's beautiful to see because it it sort of I don't think I'd want to do that I love this dark deep light thing that I have going on where we get to just discover people in a completely different way to how some people do you know yeah, yeah, and discover ourselves in a completely different way because if it wasn't for those ebbs and flows, we yes. wouldn't be able to dive in with the stuff that we're really talking about, you know, the meaty stuff that's going to evolve us through this lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and just talking about self-love again, um, I think in a nutshell, I think that it is it's being aware, having in your conscious the light and the dark. And when they're at play and so when when the 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 opposite of self-love comes out whatever that is for you that you're able to go objectively in a loving self-full way ah okay there's that ugly thing again or that dark thing or this thing that's pulling me down right how what do I need right now to support myself because I think sometimes we go nope just gonna shut it down if I start getting a bit angry or I'm a bit tired or I'm hungry even and I start it's 
it's not about ignoring it it's about honoring it and living okay well what does this mean well what what can i learn from this do i need to do anything right now have i met all of my needs have i had enough sleep have i had a bath recently have i been for a run you know am i hungry um and just kind of honoring that and understanding that i think it's it's just always a work in progress i'll never be complete i'll never be there that 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 was a game changer for me because i thought i was trying to get somewhere and then i realized the only place i was trying to get to was the end and we don't want to do that in life <laughs> you know so yeah i was just like oh okay i get it that's quite nice i can just i can make mistakes i can be beautifully imperfect yeah it was a game changer that one yeah incredible incredible do you feel tracy Ann, that your work really is a spiritual calling for you it's i it the idea of not doing it is almost like taking away my oxygen it's who i am it, it just is it's who i am i i want to be there for people to support them with the tools to get out of their own hell or pain or you know just um equip them with something more on top of what they already have to bounce their life forward and you know it it just so happens for me at the moment it's about manifesting true love because i think that relationships can be the making and the breaking and unfortunately we see so much breaking of people through relationships through toxic situations and um you know i want to help facilitate people to healthy relationships and ones where they can feel honored secure abundant you know and and themselves rather than um because of someone else it's because of the situation that you're both in together yeah beautiful so let's segue into sanctuary because i think that that's a good time um as well yeah. because what i'm hearing you say is all these beautiful sanctuary filled things that we can do and you know be for ourselves so when you hear the word sanctuary or think of it as a concept or a term like what does that invoke in you this space this is a shed a large summer house at the bottom of my garden and we we got it originally um so that i could practice massage um it is also the family office um it's a cinema sometimes the there, there are, are beds chairs and, and beds they go into beds and that's a bed um and so this has been for me a sanctuary has to be a space that you create for yourself it's a sanctuary is about wholeness and being with you and i used to have such an aversion to this like huge before i met daniel i like it was painful to just be alone because it felt lonely 
and that was part of the work that I did in the eight weeks I actually started to enjoy myself and part of me is sort of look, looks back and goes oh, I sort of wish I did it a bit longer than eight weeks at the time it felt like forever I'm quite an impatient person um, and to, to my fault but also to it's it's been the result of a lot of successes actually um so I you know I, I love that about myself now but I used to hate it this impatient feeling because it felt uncomfortable but sanctuary I think is about being able to be with you and if you don't have a shed at the bottom of your garden where is your space I think especially woman and we we have a tendency to just overgive to everybody we're always pouring from this empty cup and so sanctuary as well can just be about putting yourself at the top of the pile in my world it goes me 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 and Daniel and then me Daniel and the boys but it always starts with me you see because otherwise I love just, it yeah yeah and you've got yourself there twice <laughs> just yeah. as a reminder yeah it, but honestly I was like right so it goes me no 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 actually it was right the boys then Dan then the boys and Dan then the house then my clients and the business and then me and I was like oh mate you just just turn that and add an extra you in there for good measure because I am what my kids need and so if I am not me my kids don't get the best and uh maybe there's an element of perfectionism in there but <laughs> I don't know I just think I deserve to uh be the mum I want to be and to do that I have to be able to come into my at, at the moment we're in lockdown it's come into the shed but in a normal situation it's go away for a weekend with the girls or go for coffee and cake with a friend or get out to the gym and just run for 20 minutes on the treadmill or go for a swim or whatever um yeah in normal situations that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about I think um I, I hear so many women I'm not judging you by the way this is just something that I see is leaving their kids at home while they go and do something I understand that there is a chemical attachment and it is difficult but I I've almost trained myself to be okay with that so my mantra is I had to go to um to Spain for a wedding and Oscar was two and a half and it was like six days away it was like the longest time and everyone everyone was like oh are you missing Oscar and I was like no I'm not I was like do you know why because I paid money to be here I am here I'm gonna enjoy it but I'll tell you what I am I'm really looking forward to seeing him when I go home. And, and I just, and loads of women were like, oh my God, I didn't even think to do that. I didn't even think to just enjoy myself because my job is to just worry about my kids. And I'm not saying that there won't be that element of, oh, I just wanna, you know, three days in, of course. Like if you said to me, do you wanna squish your son? I'd be like, yeah, man, give me that kid. I just wanna give him a squish, but um, yeah. He was fine because he's got a great connection with his father and because I facilitated that for my own peace of mind I pushed my boys towards their dad as much as possible um, because 
we're, well, we're both around now. It, it never used to be like that. Now we're both around. We're both completely self-employed. And so having that balance, if you can get it with a great father, if you can, if you can do that, fabulous. Um, and if not, friends, family, whoever, just make sure your kids have more than just you, I think, as part of self-love for them and for you. Definitely. I remember being on retreat many a time and my hubby sending text messages or trying to get in touch through other avenues to (laughs) get a message to me because, you know, World War Three's happened or something's gone down at home. And you think (laughs) the world will not collapse if mum goes away offline out of the country for a small amount of days. Um, And then when we come back, everyone's grown a little bit. from the experience anyway massively yeah massively I think um I went on a retreat actually to learn massage and um I was away for eight days and again there the people running the retreat they were like oh you're missing him I was like legit he's cool like he goes he's got nursery he's got his dad he's got his grandparents here like he is taken care of like he's cool and the internet was terrible. It was in, in Devon in the middle of nowhere. So the um, the signal was not very good. So I would just record a little video every sort of other day, just, just so that he had a video in case he needed it because I wasn't with him. I didn't know he might've been missing me. Um, so we have technology now. I just go, hi Oscar, have a lovely day at nursery. I'll see you when you get home, Mwah. send it. Off I go and do my thing. Like I know he's safe and I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm all right with saying to Daniel, unless someone needs a kidney, do not call me. Like, <laughs> if he genuinely, like, if he breaks his arm, like, ow, but I'll be back. Like, I'm not cold hearted. I love my kids. I'd take a bullet for them. Of course I would. But what I'm saying is, is that Daniel is their dad. And so he, my kids, this is our situation. This is not everybody. My kids are just as happy with him as they are with me. And I think we're bred to believe as mothers, especially because we, um, you know, most of us grow them in our tummies. We're led to believe, I think, that the mother is, is the be all and end all. And I just think it's, it's um, I think it's important for your kids to see that actually there's, there's more than just one person in the world that they need. Um, it's about creating a network and a community of, of support. So, yeah. Yeah, really definitely. Heartless. I think I probably do. <laughs> My son breaks his arm. It's not that I'm not interested. It's just if I'm in Spain, what can I actually do? Like, unless I need my kidney or my blood or something, like, actually, is it is it just better that I come back? I don't know. It's not happened. So I think it's one of those situations where if I was away... <laughs> I'd swim from Australia to England if I had to. I don't, care I don't recommend it. Come. No, I don't anyway. either. <laughs> I wouldn't make I think, it very far. I think, too, what I'm hearing is that, and this is really important, there's mm-hmm. the practical day-to-day. If there is an injury, yeah. if there's a meal that needs being cooked, if there's, you know, a car breaks down and someone can't get to school or whatever, like that's the practical stuff that whether yeah. it's, mum dad main caregiver grandparents carer whoever is you know at home with the children they can manage that practical stuff this what we're talking about loops us back to this concept of self-care 
because when you go on a retreat whether you um you know learning a skill like you were with massage or whether you're going away for a wedding or a solo retreat whatever whatever the thing is that's where it's really vital for you to understand what your self-love is so you can then experience what you need to experience there and and allow or leave the practical to whomever um, is there because you know if all else fails that person can pick up a phone and call someone else who may be able to help or whether you know we've run out of vegetables we need more can you bring more or what like that's a silly example yes no I get it yeah it's 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 just practical and and that's easy that's that's tick off the stuff stuff it's the self-love self-care nurturing cocooning caring for yourself which has much more depth to it oh it 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 so it so does and because you know I use kids as an example but this is life life's painful like if I think of my kid going to school he's having a whale of a time but I'm thinking about, or oh, is he being bullied? Or is he actually happy? Or he might make one comment about his friend not being nice to him. And I'm like, huh. and I have to, that bit is not useful, you know? And so it's about being able to go, okay, self-love for me is honoring that and going, you're feeling right now, ouch. But also teaching him self-love is about letting him talk about it and, and going, you know not trying to I think for kids I see my parents doing this a lot going for the positive all the time well you know that did break but you do have another one upstairs and I'm always like that broke that's I can I can imagine that's not very nice how you feeling mate and then he'll be sad and he'll cry and I'm like yeah you let that out and then when he's ready then we might go on to should we get another one of those things or you know it or what what can we do to cheer ourselves up or you know it it's about that bit first rather than just going straight to well you know look on the bright side um which you do have to do sometimes I agree but I just think teaching our kids to be with pain that we see as insignificant is how they build their muscle for managing pain you know Letting my son be afraid in his bedroom um, is part of his emotional, spiritual growth because he knows he's safe. I know he knows he's safe because some nights it doesn't bother him. He can go to bed. So, yeah, it's um, I think not trying to take experiences like that away from people, not just kids, but people and letting them figure it out for themselves. Um is self-love for everyone it's it's that's how you teach self-love I think it's mm, part of it yeah. anyway yeah super powerful so let's talk about spiritual practices that you do I know I share a lot on the podcast around mm-hmm. you know I did this or that or whatever but it's really nice for other people to hear what other yeah. people experience whether it's a daily practice or weekly or once a year or whatever so Chasey have you got any great practices that are your kind of go-tos um I've got a few one of the more boring ones is meditation um I I think I wouldn't be having these conversations if I hadn't have started 
my meditation practice uh probably about 13 odd years ago now um it's been really it's been such a beautiful experience and and I'm find I find it difficult to even talk about what it means because it's it's been so transformative it's enabled me to find kind of this calm about myself because I was always very I still am but I was worse like friends would look at me and go you've got ADD or something like I'm always fidgeting and I might have you know I actually might have ADHD but it's it's meditation has really helped to just bring that in um journaling again it's a slightly more boring one but one of my biggest ones that i absolutely adore is uh, eft tapping emotional freedom technique um that's really uh fast for me now um and it's something that i teach to my kids as well you know it's a beautiful really easy way to just go oh okay just calm that nervous system and yeah and I teach it to my clients too I think it's it's so powerful um and I have heard of people getting over post-traumatic stress disorder from using EFT um so it looks weird when you're tapping and you're saying you know whatever it is that you want to say I like to say the negative and then clear that um it looks weird it's not something you necessarily do in the supermarket but it is something like when you you know if you just want to pick one point you could just do if you're feeling nervous about something even though I'm feeling nervous I deeply and completely love and accept myself you know so that's my favorite one EFT beautiful perfect so Tracy Ann let's just dive in with the really only official question that I ever ask on the podcast which is if you could leave the listener with one piece of advice on their sanctuary journey what would it be oh that is such a there's about 50 million things coming into my head as it always is you can pick one um <laughs> i would probably the, the biggest thing that is coming up when when you say that is don't be afraid to be afraid that might sound really cheesy but when you do the work it can sometimes feel scary but if you can you know i'm at the point in my life now where when when i'm sabotaging myself because it it just it just happens it does like i'm human um i'm able to very quickly now go oh i'm about to learn something even though it's painful as hell and there'll be a lot of tears and howling at the moon and all of that stuff um I, I go, right, the one thing that, that gives me the energy to get through it is knowing that I'm going to get something great out the other side and I'll come out sort of even more emerged than I was before. Um, so, yeah, I would just say don't be afraid to be afraid to face the fear, to allow it in because um, it's often not as scary as you think. Yeah, that's so true. I think we make this whatever the thing is, so much bigger in our head. And, you know, some of the things we have to face in life are hard, are challenging, oh, yeah. are difficult, yeah. Yeah. Really, like super. But when it comes to certain things, we, we make them 
you know, like it's going to be this bomb going off if I step into that space or start to face this thing. And sometimes it's not even that. Like it's something, it happens quickly, changes quickly, you know, shifts and then you can move forward. It's like we hold ourselves back for weeks, days, months, years or whatever and then we face the thing and then we go, why didn't we do that sooner? (laughs) Yeah, and and often I find uh, you face the thing but you haven't even realised the thing was even a thing. Mm. because of not going on the journey some people are just so in their lane which is cool you know like like I was saying before like I have friends who just their life is like floaty and rarely anything happens and then now and again they'll have something they have to deal with like somebody will die because that is part of life and they have to go through the pain of it and then emerge through the other side hopefully um so yeah, I think that we, there's lots of examples in that it doesn't matter what you've gone through, how deeply traumatic it is, there will always be probably thousands of examples of people that have been through something similar. It will never be exact, never go and look for some. Nobody ever has. It's everyone is has a unique journey. But there'll be people that emulate some of the things you've gone through that might be handling it in a way that you wish you could. And so I think sometimes imagining putting their shoes on and walking in their shoes and think about almost creating a bit of an alter ego for yourself. Like, okay, well, what would what would Sally do? What would she do in this situation? And then imagine yourself doing that. And it's a really kind of gentle process, if you like. But yeah there's there's it doesn't matter what you've gone through some people have been through some horrific things in their life I think there are great examples in the world of people that have been able to overcome and so um don't feel lost don't feel like you're alone don't feel like it's pointless because it isn't it's time to you know get your boots on and pull your socks up and whatever all the other weird sayings are that I can't think of now but you know (laughs) get on with it really in a in a nice way yeah yeah beautiful Tracy and this has been such a great conversation I feel like we could also say sanctuary chat I feel like we yes. could go on um forever but we probably yeah. should bring it to an end so share yeah, with us yeah, share yeah. with us where people can find you um so you can go to connect.findthatmatch.com um if people want to know more about sort of how I work that's the place to go i've got a masterclass on there about my five steps um in a bit more detail sort of under an hour of um going through that um and yeah my social media and everything there is there as well so. perfect i'll share all of those links in the show notes as well so people can get straight to you but thank you so much Tracy it's been beautiful having me here and thank you thank you enjoy um well I don't say enjoy the rest of COVID lockdown experience I really hope that it's smooth and easy for you and your family and your community and your beautiful country yeah thank you it's uh it's been a rough ride but we've got it in us we'll be all right you know we've 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 got a good setup so thank you for that and it has been such a pleasure to speak to you today I've oh, really you. enjoyed it thank you well dear listener please head on over to the Helen Joy Butler website um, if you haven't already got it there's the Sanctuary Starter Kit there and you can come and hang out with us in the Sanctuary Inner Circle we'd love to have you but until next time take care and much love